Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey to the Pegasus Galaxy and the City of the Ancients, Atlantis. Hello, good evening and welcome to Gatecast episode 303 and we have a semi-regular guest. Hello everyone. Welcome to the show, Jeff. How are you? Doing okay. Excellent. Good. Yeah. <laughs> right, this week we're going to be looking at the Stargate Atlantis episode Inquisition. It's a, what's it, around lunchtime in America at the moment? Yep, and because of a... Your part, anyway. Yeah, and because of a heat wave, it's currently 9 degrees, oh no, 10 degrees Celsius outside, which Ooh. is seasonably warm for Wisconsin at this time of year. I have a Star Wars campaign chomping at the bit so I can play my slightly immature, mildly violent, obsessed Pink Ford Wookiee, <laughs> who also happens to be Force-sensitive. And a rookie Rebel Alliance pilot. Okay. Which is Alan's way of telling us to get on with it. <laughs> Let's talk about Ingress now. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now the only problem with my new headset, and I didn't realize it when I bought it, is there's no mute button I'm finding. Though supposedly there's a way to do that in the computer. Well, I've never used mute button. I used it a lot with the other set. <laughs> oh, right. Just to make sure I could cough or whatever and not totally mess stuff up. But yeah, I got the episode downloaded Inquisition, right? Yep. And it was working earlier. Let me double check that again. Yep, it's working. All right, I'm going to try something here. Let me know if my voice cuts out in the middle. Of... Yes. Any... Awesome. <laughs> well done. Let's just check if I click this, if it works the way it should. Testing, testing, testing. Have I told you of my insane graphics card? Oh, it's arrived, does it? Oh, it arrived on Wednesday. I installed it. Well, last I heard, it hadn't arrived. It takes up two of the rear bezels. <laughs> Am I glad I made a decision to grab a DVI cable from work on Friday before I left? Mind you, I, I can't criticize you because I'm using DVI on mine. Yeah, because there's no VGA out. Yeah, of course, because it would either be a HDMI or graphics port, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's got three HDMI, one display port, and the DVI port. It also has 4 gig of DDR5 RAM. I was barely aware of DDR4. DDR3 is what we put in PCs. What the hell is DDR5? I just bought a bookcase. <laughs> <laughs> My brother was... Was it real wood or was it flat pack? That's the important bit. Thank you. Thank you, Jeffrey. I just heard you being all pedantic about it the other week. On, <laughs> Inquis- on the Queen episode. So I thought I'd make you happy today. Even though normally I'll just say Ikea. Yeah, he does take it serious, though, you, Alan? Oh, yes. <laughs> Finland is my home. Ireland is just somewhere I happen to grow up. Don't forget, it's also Viking. Yeah. Because there's a popular ferry company in the Finnish lands called Viking Direct. Also, if you say Viking to a Swede, they'll laugh at you. They may not visibly laugh at you, but I assure you, they're laughing happily on the inside. Yeah, I won't argue with them. They're wrong. <laughs> so, have you heard about Brian Fuller, then? Uh, what was that? Series I used to watch, they used to make... Pushing Daisies. Familiar. Yeah, it's hyper-real colour, two-season. It's a Brian Fuller show. Relevant, considering he's doing the new Star Trek series. Yeah, which means it's doomed. <laughs> it's Brian Fuller. It's doomed. It's EBS. They cannot afford to have it fail. That's true, too. They're pinning their entire paid online service with Star Trek as its centrepiece. Yeah, I know a lot of people who are going to watch it on that general principle. Yeah, they're just grumpy old sci-fi nerds. 
the, the point... Hey, hang on a minute. <laughs> the, point, the point is... Guilty here, too. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is pay TV is the only way you get decent television these days because the traditional broadcast market economically doesn't work for well-written drama because it's too fucking expensive to make. Think about it. All the decent, good, recent sci-fi. Has any of it come from a non-pay channel? I like my Arrow and my uh, Flash and my Legends of Tomorrow. Yes, but... They're great shows, but production-wise, they're not in the realm of Game of Thrones or... No. No, they're not. The following presentation is brought to you through the power of science. Ooh, shiny... I'm science fiction writer Scott Pearson. I'm his daughter, Ella. And we are, are two, two generations, generations of geek. Anything can happen in the next half hour. If you like geeky things, and we know you do, check out our podcast, Generations Geek, a family-friendly celebration of the nerdiverse, brought to you by the Chronic Rift Network, which broadcasts from a treehouse in Lothlorien. We talk amongst ourselves about geeky things, like our favorite movies, from black-and-white classics of stop-motion animation to the latest in 3D CGI, Plus, we have amazing guests, from New York Times best-selling authors to astronauts. No, really, astronauts. Drop by GenerationsGeek.com for links to all our episodes. And remember, no geeks are harmed in the making of our podcast. As per usual, we've uh, ripped this episode off the Powell Region 2 DVD, runtime 41 minutes 44 seconds. We're all currently looking at a black screen with the counter set to 0000. If you want to watch along with us, do exactly what we've done, and when Alan does his 3 to 1 countdown, and he says click, just press play, and everything should sync up. Are we all ready then? Ready. In your hands, Alan. Ever a three, ever a doe, ever a hen. Clicky. As you may have already heard, we've received an invitation. Whoa. Woolsey. <laughs> to represent Atlantis at a meeting of leaders from various human populations throughout the Pegasus Galaxy. Party time. Oh, didn't Dick get an invitation? <laughs> now, I just realized, didn't Weir carry, on, carry a tablet? He's very old school with that pad paper there, the portfolio. Oh, yes. He likes his report, the tactile feel of a piece of paper and a pen. A federation, if you will. Now, the federation had ships. <laughs> In- is that another Star Trek? That, that's a dig. That has to be a dig. Well, yeah, it is, because... Rodney answered back, well, Federation had ships, at least. <laughs> cooperation. She's right. It's about time people in this galaxy got together and stood up for themselves. Against the race. Why not? Yeah, that's kind of odd. Ronan sending up, yes, let's work with people. Ronan thinks this is a good idea. There <laughs> must be something wrong with it. <laughs> the alarm bell should be ringing. Ronan's choosing the diplomatic route. Something's wrong. A very traditional start to an episode of Stargate, though. Yeah. A meeting around the conference table, laying out all the groundwork for the episode. Interesting-looking little village. And look, look at the thickness of that door. Yeah. yeah. And it's edged with iron riveted as well. Thickness of the wall there in the door. <laughs> the council liaison will be with you in a moment. The young woman is played by Estasia Sanders. She's been in Arctic Air, Motive, True Justice, Endgame and Human Target. Uh, guys, not good. Oh, dear. Oh. Yep. <laughs> what is that door made out of? These aren't primitive people. No. <laughs> no, the Jedi is involved with this, aren't they? Look, the Jedi had no problem. They had little rebreathers. No, Jedi. I know what you said. I'm talking about Star Wars, the scene <laughs> with Phantom Menace, if you recall. I try not to. No, that is true. Most people don't. 
Okay then, nice brief teaser. Inquisition, Season 5, Episode 13 of Stargate Atlantis, Gatecast Episode 303. This episode was directed by Brenton Spencer and written by Alex Levine. Had its premiere in Canada, October the 20th, 2008. The Americans got it October the 24th. We got it in the UK, December the 4th. Sweden, December the 12th. Germany, October the 14th, 2009. Australia, April the 14th, 2010. And Japan, November the 17th. We've got a few series with episodes of the same name. Rain, Lightning Force, Deep Space Nine, Special Branch, Aiden 5, The Invaders and The Unit. And if you haven't guessed, this is going to be a bottle show, so don't expect too many new special effects sequences or guest actors, or at least those that cost a lot of money. There's that music they've been using recently with echoes of the Imperial March. Well, I mean, this episode started out like half a dozen other Star Trek episodes and sci-fi episodes of any, any other series. So it's kind of a started out as a by the book show. Episode, sorry, any bottle show tends to be pretty much to a formula. Yeah. We've been moved. What's the hell happened? That's a good question. Right, here we go. They've got kind of a matrix look to them. What is the meaning of this? Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. The Council wishes to speak to Lieutenant Colonel Shepard. Without the muscle, well, Morpheus carried off that look a bit more than Neo did. Yeah. Well, one thing's for sure, they really do some nice woodwork. Oh look, Mr. Smithers would be proud of that trapdoor. I am Kalor of Latira. This is Shiana of the tribes of Xanthal and Demas of the free peoples of Riva. Riva? I am the boring one, he is the stern one, and she's the pretty one. Yeah, <laughs> pretty one's outfit is the only one that actually looks like it belongs in that castle or whatever they're supposed to be in. The tunics. It's very like. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And as such, it falls to you to answer the charges. Excuse me? You will be given ample opportunity to present your defense. And when all evidence is heard, we will decide the outcome. What the hell are you talking about? What is this? The Atlantis expedition has been accused of crimes against the peoples of this galaxy. This is your trial. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition! Dun, dun, dun. Hang on a minute. Wasn't there an episode where Tilt was on trial? Yeah, like the first season. <laughs> to be fair, the amount of money they spent on special effects in the fifth season, we were due this sort of episode. Yeah. It used to be the norm with the SG-1. You'd get a couple of these episodes every season where they tried to trim the budget as much as they could. Well, they need to save as much of the budget as possible for those Yeah, they didn't even bother with finale. the This is supposed to be a meet and greet, just cocktails, hors d'oeuvres, maybe a little dancing. <laughs> I don't think these guys have got a sense of humor, John. No. Yes. But he's got hope. There's a woman on the bench. <laughs> I don't think he's going to get very far. Peg's Galaxy's very own Kirk. He's always got a shot. So don't waste your time entertaining any hopes of rescue. What is it exactly that you think we did? According to our calculations, the Atlantis expedition is responsible, directly or indirectly, for the deaths of over two million people in this galaxy. you got to be kidding me. Tell us about your first encounter with the Wraith. Hello, who's speaking at the moment, is played by David Lovgren. He's a Canadian actor. He's been in a couple of episodes of Stargate SG-1, as well as Smallville, X-Files Psych, and Red Dwarf. Hmm. What do you mean? 
I mean, they attacked us. Okay. Now, the beauty of this episode is that these guys have got some bloody good points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they've all been brought up during our podcast and in Gateward and everywhere people talk Stargate. They've brought it up inside the show itself a few times. Mm. Yeah. What is it? Ah, clip show. Here we go. <laughs> clip from Rising. Yep. Lieutenant Ford. Oh my god, what a weird wig you were wearing back then. I actually thought that was Johnny Blaylock. <laughs> oh, come on, there was a resemblance. That's one! It's funny, isn't it? You don't really see the darts firing like that. In space, yes, but not actually in atmosphere. Well, are those darts oh, or just Battlestar Lights? You know? So the tactic of jumping swiftly to the left or right hasn't been perfected yet. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. All I know is they took our people. And you went after them. That's right. You should have left them to their fate. Well, I'm sure that's what you would have done, but that's not how we operate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not gonna happen. Well, we went in, we rescued as many people as we could, then we got out. But not before encountering a queen. No. See, this is why Woolsey would say, you do report. Ah. Ooh. Andy Frizzle, her first appearance as one of the Wraith Queens. How did this come to you? I don't remember. And she's the she's the main person they have playing the Queen, right? Yeah. Are very That's a nice shot. In the commentary, Brenton Spencer, the director, he was saying he's worked with four Wraith Queens. Oh, okay. Oh, dear. Ooh. Ooh, that's got to come keen. Yeah. Sir, let's go. You don't know what you have done. We are merely the caretakers for those that sleep. When I die, the others will awaken. All of them. <laughs> and yet again, though, considering she'd fed pretty recently. Yeah, not necessarily. What's she talking about? How many are left? Okay, now thinking about what we learned in Queen episodes and stuff, that almost sounds like her hive is just caretaker hive. There's another queen that's going to wake up. Yeah, but in context of the episode, it's like she's talking about her own hive. But no doubt the caretakers of the other hives that were sleeping. That is one of the kind of creepiest shots they've ever done for the Wraith. Look, sooner or later, they were going to wake up on their own anyway. But not for generations. Yeah. <laughs> Preemptive strike, if you will. Right. Have not yet fully recovered from the last round of cullings. As a result of this early awakening, several worlds have been driven to the point of extinction. Their survivors scattered. Their civilizations lost forever. Hey, these guys actually cared about those other civilizations before now? That's the, the weakness of any argument they can put forward. And it is covered in the episode. Okay. I mean, their first idea, you shouldn't have gone after them, you should have left them. That's always been the case. It's about surviving until the next pulling. Any civilization that actually does attempt to better itself gets stamped on. Right. What are you going to do, put everybody in Atlantis in jail? Obviously, that's not possible. However, we can refuse cooperation. That means no more trade, no more relations of any kind. Atlantis will be completely isolated. This will go on for a million years if nobody actually stands up and makes a difference. And whether inhabitants of uh, Pegasus like it or not, Atlantis has made a difference. Yeah. And, of course, most of these still revere the ancients. They don't know half of what they were up to. Yep. As for you and your team, an example must be made. Justice demands it. Justice? Is that what you're calling this? A suitable uninhabited planet has been chosen. If you're found guilty, you will be sent there without any hope of return 
for the rest of your natural lives. If that's the way you want it, poker with the soft cushion. <laughs> also, they don't really know what they're talking about, since at this point, Atlantis can get resupplies from Milky Way on a pretty regular basis. Yeah. And uh, they took the DHD, so whoever comes through the gate, they're not coming back. They were talking about filming this scene as well. You got the camera at this angle. When they do a 180, they've got to take out the rear wall, because that's where the camera goes. And when they flip back, <laughs> the rear wall's removed, the camera's been put in its place. Uh -huh. And at the moment, there's only four actors in this small cell. Later on, they get another resident. We're on another planet. Judging from the fact there's no natural light or windows, I'm guessing an underground bunker. Guards? Yeah, half a dozen or so. We're going to have to see if they change in shifts. I suppose there's any chance you could just convince them that we're not guilty. Because we're not, right? No problem throwing all you've got to worry about is the little hole in the corner where you have to do your business. <laughs> yeah. Although it looks a little bit better than the recycled Western cells that the original Star Trek the original series used whenever they had to put them in a jail cell. <laughs> yes, they did look like they came off a set of the last John Wayne movie. <laughs> we need more clip show. You see, SG-1's clip show was better. Well, they had more opportunity. They, they made the habit of them. Although, even though this is a clip show, Stargate, all the Stargates tend to do a slightly better class of clip show than most other shows did. Gear up, Woolsey. Yeah. Be a representative for the new coalition of planets. Does he? Are you the leader of Atlantis? I know that Trek in particular, they tended to do the old, we're at the bedside, let's recount anecdotes. Right. Idea. And they do look cheap. At least Stargate tends to try to create a story that takes a third of the episode up and weave it in and out of that. They take the time to give an actual, give an actual plot uh -oh. for a reason why you should be bringing up the memories or thinking about the old episodes. He looks like Jonas. There are those who believe it is not a sickness at all, but a deliberate poisoning. The work of one individual. I know you're talking about his name is Michael. It is said that he is neither human nor wraith, but some kind of half-breed. Don't talk about this. This yeah. is not your finest hour. No. Far from your finest <laughs> not hour. at all. One of our people was conducting research. They were trying to come up with a way to solve the wraith problem once and for all. Yes, Carlson, we're looking at you. Where's your Hippocratic Oath now? But he's not human, so does it, the oath actually apply? Until now? Yeah, you're walking into a big pile of... Ah, <laughs> yeah. uh, gone to Trinere, of course. Yep. Uh -huh. It's all about getting a good guest actor. You pick the right one, takes it up to a whole new level. Yes, and you realise, oh, thank God, I'm finally in a decent science fiction show rather than the crap one I was in before. <laughs> I liked Enterprise. Oh, I still like Enterprise. It had its issues. Like many shows. I still think in the final episode, Scott should have said, oh boy, at least once. <laughs> I'll go with that. The final episode as homage to Quantum Leap would have been so much better than what it was. Now. I'm Dr. Elizabeth Weir. This is Lieutenant Colonel John Shepard. You serve under my command. Your name is Lieutenant Michael Kenmore. You're in a private room off the infirmary here in Atlantis. Is that familiar to you? I also like the way they got his surname off a calendar, a Scottish calendar. Yeah, I think. We tried to convince him he was one of us, but he knew something was wrong, and then he found proof. Why would that have been left out anywhere for a patient to find? We asked that when we covered the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's this, the 20th century, DVDs? <laughs> I don't know, I like the idea, you know, he's going backwards in time as well. Although the other question is, when did they show him how to use those? Because he woke up with amnesia, supposedly, 
unlike a regular amnesiac, he wouldn't have had any sort of muscle memory or you know, background knowledge to use that. I think it must be generic, because every child is born with the knowledge to operate an iPhone. <laughs> it's the only explanation. That's because iPhones are made for idiots, right? Because Apple? Yep. <laughs> of course, my iPod is currently an old Apple, or old iPhone that someone didn't need anymore. After that, he escaped. He went back and forth between Wraith and Human a couple more times until finally he settled somewhere in between. So once again, you admit your guilt. You unleashed this thing on the galaxy. You didn't just let him out the front door and forget about him. We've been chasing him ever since. Yes, you did kind of walk into that one, John. Yeah. Fiona is played by Karen De Silva. She was born in the UK, but raised in Canada. She's been in Eureka, Fringe, Continuum. Juno, The Dead Zone, and Supernatural. That's an expensive shot, so we're going to use it again. (laughs) Yeah, but it wasn't all that good of a shot. No, that is true. But the new Wraith set is beautiful. Uh All down to lighting, of course, but it really was spectacular. I will look into it. The mood lighting on the Wraith ships always been really kind of cool and definitely sets it off from the ancient ships that you see every so often. I got off turned around in the parking garage. I was in a rush, so I borrowed this dart. I've got the team beamed into a storage device. I can remember that. And the baby. No, not the baby. Major Marks, please make that ship go away. Make that <laughs> ship go away. That's the kind of commander you want. And that's a hell of a beam weapon. Yeah, but again, did you really need to fly right towards it? it granted, it was a spectacular CGI shot, but why? <laughs> well, maybe they can't you know, rotate the lasers far enough to the side to do a, a broadside kind of thing. Well, then you cannot testify before this council and under the eyes of the ancestors that you know for certain that he is dead. Wait. We've already asked that question. No. Yeah. I wish your Mark was dead. <laughs> no. You're telling me that one of the first official acts of your new government was to assault and kidnap my people? They weren't assaulted. They were arrested. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah. You're messing with the bureaucrat. <laughs> Myers is played by Tobias Lizak. He was on the commentary with Brenton. It wasn't the best commentary, but they had a good time just talking about the episode. He's been in a couple of episodes of Stargate Universe, also an episode, well, two episodes of SG-1, as well as Arrow, Eureka, The Dead Zone, Supernatural, Sanctuary, and Endgame. So he's local to British Columbia then, or Vancouver, it sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) Nevertheless, I think Mr. Myrus needs a little time to reconsider his position here. Escort him to a cell. My pleasure. You're making a mistake. Am I? When I was chosen to deliver this message, I knew there was a chance I wouldn't be coming back. But if you detain me, you will only be confirming what many already suspect, that you're a rogue element in this galaxy operating without restraint or due process. Wolves is absolutely right. A fair trial does not take place in secret. Yeah. Lock him up. Let's go. And they mentioned in the commentary, as Haven grabs him, how emasculating it was. <laughs> Being dragged away like a little boy. <laughs> Been taken away by something significantly smaller than he is. I was What's funny is those... the, door, the door is open for them. Why don't they open for me? Those are some of the very same words and phrases Woolsey used about SG1. Yes. <laughs> but they were thwarted when you betrayed them. Oh, is that what they told you? Because that's not what I remember. Oh, dear me. So there's an IR behind this, okay. Where's my father? Paul Mini was fun to see on the show. Hmm? Oh, he ate this character yes. up, didn't he? <laughs> you know he had the time of his life. Easy money, be yourself, a little nastier. No happy, jolly nonsense or anything. Yeah. 
Take aim! Callan, I thought we were just learning how to get along. She killed Tyrus. No. By leaving him to die, you may just as well have killed him yourself. Mm -hmm. Which is odd, really, because they're going to use this as evidence of them being, you know, not ideal. But they've already said, if someone gets sick of mother rape, you leave them. You don't worry about it. They can't really win. Right. Your weapons. No. I don't think so. This is what your father died for? In the name of people who would lie and steal from those they would call friends? Well, I lied too. Jumpers two and three execute. Is that another one of her glorious wigs? Yeah, they went through a number of wigs on the early season. Bringing in mind watching the commentary or the interviews on um, Tomorrow People Hello. TVs of the wigs that Elizabeth had to wear on that show. Which one was Elizabeth? The African American Tomorrow person from the original show. Oh, the original? The original, original, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that since I was a boy. <laughs> I have to say, there was only one really good thing in the remake of The Tomorrow People. What was that? Well, there were one or two. <laughs> you well, know who I mean. You mean the new Money Penny? No. Because I, I was watching Spectre and looked her up and went, oh, she was in a version of The Tomorrow People. That's kind of yeah. cool. I, I mean the evil brother. Oh, the American remake. Yeah. Yeah. I was enjoying that. I was pointing when it got cancelled. Because there's just enough callback to the original Satisfy, at least for me. Is Woolsey being surreptitious? Maybe not. Come with me. Uh, that is dangerous, bureaucrat. Just send his head back, Woolsey. Yeah. Make a statement. <laughs> Mr. Myris, I have a proposal for you. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition! That would be so far out of character for Woolsey, it's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> And how did you manage to accomplish this remarkable feat? Well, I can tell you one thing, it's never easy, but one good trick is to get them to shoot at each other. Nice. Yeah, this is an excuse to use yeah, as but, much. Mike's uh, just happy that there's lots of space sequences here. Look, see that? It's a dark firing one of the hive ships. Why? Shepard. Oh, it's a nice HUD. Yeah, just imagine if you had a game controller yeah. in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> I have a game controller in my hand. Shepard's actually getting them fired each other. I wonder if it would be better if it, they just stuck to the music and, you know, didn't actually use the pee 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 pee. You need the explosions and the, the laser sounds. Yeah. It's too much of an expectation now of the genre that you can't get away from it. Yeah. They're right. We have been responsible for killing a lot of hive ships by just pitting them against each other. On our way. You must hurry. The other hive has found us. Can you hold them off? Not for long. They should come up with some better ideas. Do we have... Has anyone compiled a scorecard of just how many hive ships Atlantis is responsible for destroying? Directly or indirectly? I've certainly read it. I think the last count I saw was about 19. That's an impressive number of hives taken out. They were originally, I think, only about 60, weren't they? Something like that. Oh, yeah, that sounds right, yeah. Because each hive ship is an entire hive with Queen and, and everything else. Yeah. <laughs> the enemy. They're headed straight for us. Lots of cash spent on this one. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I like the way you still see the stupid structure as well. Yeah. 
Did I also mention that we have a fair amount of ancient technology at our disposal because that can be pretty handy too. There's a hive bearing down on your position. Oh, and they, <laughs> they Ryan. It didn't last long. No. Firing drums. AKA Enterprise. The <laughs> <laughs> drones. That's pretty much all the drones. Yes, if you've seen the trailer for the new Star Trek movie, this looks rather familiar. I love the way the camera is just bobbing up and down as well. It's a great weapon. It is really a science fiction weapon. Oh, yeah. They had some really bad sci-fi on the Stargate shows, but when they got it right, it was really right. Enough! She is awfully grumpy towards him. You spin a colorful tale, Colonel. That much is obvious. Yet for all these fantastic claims, we have no evidence but your word. This trial is evidence. None of this would be happening. Your precious little coalition wouldn't even exist if we hadn't pushed the race so far back that you got an opportunity you haven't had in 10,000 years. Your responsibility in this has already been determined. Uh-oh. This is the sort of trial you want. This is almost Cardassian. You have been found guilty. It's just a question of you confessing. Right. <laughs> that war is what has given us this opportunity, not some imagined victory on your part. What's the CFB in the back of those chairs supposed to be? Oh, good question. It might have been carved into the props when they got it from the prop store. That, that's what I'm wondering if, you know, some, oops, it's, you know, something from some big old Catholic cathedral or whatever, or... You might not be surprised to know that the costuming in for this set, the three main actors on the bench, they're only dressed from the waist up. <laughs> They've got three clothes on underneath. Oh, three Can't clothes, see. not nothing. No, no, that, it was important to actually say that they're not naked underneath. Ah. We're not expecting anybody. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition! Ozzy, what the hell are you doing here? I've made an arrangement with your captors. I'm taking over your defense. Uh-oh. Well... Oh, I thought we'd done a trade. We can go back and you stay. You managed to bring along a subspace locator beacon, did you? That's Wraith technology. It's not like we have one just lying around. Hmm. Yeah, but SG-1 used to have embedded locators. SG-1 had old technologies laying around all the time. Why, why can't they have Wraith technology? Well, what about the DHC on the planet where we were ambushed? I mean, you could pull the most recent addresses that were dialed from that. Already done. There were over 50 addresses in the buffer. Yeah, it's got to explain how they were impossible to track by uh, Stargate as well. Mm. It only works when the plot requires it. Right. So it would seem. This was obviously very well thought out. All right, well, they had a very clever plan, but we're, we're smarter and better armed. There's got to be a way around this. They took advantage of one significant weakness. We trusted them. Well, we won't be doing that again. Until next week, when we will. Look, I came here because I have a plan to get you out of here. <laughs> he wiped off the bench. A nice little side note is that when Robert Gardo actually brushed the bench, he was mimicking what the standing had done. <laughs> we were just playing along to buy us enough time to figure out a way out of here. And how's that coming along? Well, we're, we're working on it. I don't think you're armed at all. You're in a jail cell. I was chief counsel of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Prior to that, I was an appellate advocate for Hartshorn and Slaughter, one of the most prestigious litigation boutiques in all New York City. Boutique? Seriously, boutique? Apparently. Yeah, there are boutique law firms. I'm not quite clear on what qualifies one to be a boutique and a law firm at once. Yeah, I'm sorry, but that's like a throwback to the 70s. <laughs> yeah, where you buy your knee-length striped socks at the local boutique. <laughs> Maybe you bought knee-length striped socks. I sure did. <laughs> I looked remarkable in them. <laughs> and are rumored to be allies of Atlantis. I think I know who you're referring to, and believe me, they are not 
our allies. They're called replicators. They were created by the ancients. Right, let's kill all the humans, Sodom. Destroy all humans. If you wish to know the truth of who we are, I will show you. Oh dear. This is getting <laughs> worse and worse. Yep. <laughs> the ancients, as you call them, were desperate in their search for a better way to fight the Wraith. Though greatly outnumbered, they relied on their technological superiority to give them a needed advantage. Ah, Elizabeth. Yeah, she got a couple paychecks off this episode, having yep. to reuse her scenes. Yeah, Naeem didn't really get a great deal no. from his uh, interaction with Atlantis. He meant well. The ancients imbued an aggression that surpassed even that of their enemy. The technology allowed for organic assimilation and self-replication to increase their effectiveness. And replicate they did. Considering they hijacked the idea from SG-1, they actually ran with it very well. Mm. It could have been a total disaster. Yeah, it was kind of cool to, even though I, by this point I was sick and tired of replicator storylines from SG-1, yep. kind of loop the replicators and the ancients back through SG-1 and Atlantis and make it a big circle of it all. Mm. This is how we were born. When the ancients concluded that we would never become the weapon they desired to create, they decided to end it. <laughs> and the pinnacle of creation, David Ogden Steers. Who'd have thought it? The table of death is back there. Yeah, Let's kill someone. <laughs> Who else but the ancients would have actually thought of a table like that? <laughs> oh. You get the point. And this was nice. Yes, you could argue that the matting and the green screen could be a little bit better, but that looks impressive. As good as anything from like our StarCraft 2 or something for the, the video yeah. parts of the game. Well, again, look at the Matrix when Neo was standing next to those easy chairs and looking over the wreckage of the Earth. True. And this, this was spectacular. Yeah. yeah. A working, living... Oh, that's multiple cities linked together, that's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Atlantis is just a little bit in the middle. If the ancients had done this, the race really would have stood a chance. We have a bigger tower than you do. <laughs> Eliminate the enemy's food supply. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sounds reasonable to hope for. No, let's not push it. Yeah. Don't, don't think about it. Oh, damn you. Oh, because we pissed him off, sorry. Look up, is EPM, we're leaving. Wait a minute, we can't go. What are you talking about? You said you could get the hyperdrive back online. I mean, we can, but not yet. Look, while Liz was being connected, I, I've been going over the replicator's base code, and I found this. What is that? The Holy Grail. It's their whole reason for being. Yeah, what's that mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can you translate it, please? It, it could be anything. They've been sitting on their nanite asses for 10,000 years. Well, that's because it's been deactivated. Are you telling us that you are the ones that activated the attack code? We didn't know they were going to target human world. Oh, dear me. Ignorance is not a defense, even in our courts. Mm -hmm. When you get right down to it, though, you know, the simple fact is that those three people have done nothing. And they are just looking over reports, second-guessing the people who actually do the hard stuff. Yeah. Even Woolsey has, has uh, proved himself by now more than once. Yeah. Much to his own surprise. <laughs> Probably mostly to his own surprise. <laughs> <laughs> the only problem is every time he has to report back to the IOA, he might actually get fired. <laughs> they are kind of sticklers for doing it by the book. Yeah. Come on, you should be used to it. One of your people died, and you consider this a grave sacrifice? Oh. As a matter of fact, I do. Then imagine how we feel 
Those of us who have witnessed the deaths of thousands. We cannot be held responsible for the actions of the replicators. Colonel Shepard made the same argument in respect to the Wraith. And in that case, I might be inclined to agree with him. But by your own admission, these replicators are machines. So if I were to set a detonator, can I then later deny responsibility for the actions of the bomb? By that logic, you might just as well blame the ancients. They created them. The ancients, as you call them, are not here to answer for their actions. You are. You are. Yeah, they are. You. You are the ancients. Yeah, basically that sums up, we want the people responsible, but since they're not here, we're going to blame you. Hive ships that would almost certainly have culled within a year. One could make the argument that on balance, more lives were saved than were lost. So he said 19 hive ships from Atlantis. He said another dozen from the replicators. That's putting it close to half of the, the wraith dead. Yeah, and we really don't know how many have been destroyed in the Civil War itself. Yeah. I'm sorry, I certainly didn't mean to Real diminish... Real people are being killed, Mr. Woolsey. Real villages destroyed. My village, my people. Oh, dear. Oh, she's, uh, she's kind of losing it here. We don't like this in a judge. Yeah, I was going to say, her husband must got killed. No testifying on the bench, please. Mm -hmm. I barely escaped with my life, but not before I saw everything I hold dear get wiped out by a beam of light from the sky. Which means you should be recused from serving. Yes. Have you got any proof, or just your word? They're clearly Republicans. No, they seem nicer and more humane. Are they Republicans? They're also, you know, not trying to... I think you may not be getting a not guilty vote from her. I think her vote was decided before she sat down. It's clearly inappropriate for someone that biased to be on the council. Yeah, who do we actually complain to? <laughs> the council? <laughs> yeah. Demas seems to be a reasonable man. I think he might even be persuaded to vote our way. Although not while sitting next to her, because... Yeah. I wouldn't trust her if I was you. <laughs> There's a blunt instrument near a tan, then you vote against her. One of our last intelligence reports suggests a growing relationship between Latira and the Janai. Ah, Janai. There we go. Oh, of course. You think the Janai are behind this? It makes sense. Apart from Atlantis, they're clearly the biggest military power in the coalition. If they played their cards right, they could wind up running the whole thing. But only with us out of the picture. Of course, I imagine the Janai are very good at uh, promoting a marketing campaign that makes them look good without actually raising the suspicions that they're going to stomp on anybody human or not that opposes them. Right. Sooner or later, they'd have been using those nukes against human populations. Yeah, to subjugate their neighbors and take over more territory, right? There's a few things we'll have to figure out along the way. It's too risky. We could wind up being shot before we even got out of the building. What other choice do we have? I mean, we know we can't win this thing. Not fairly, no. <laughs> Richard wants the plan. What are you talking about? I'm saying, now that I know what the game is, I can play it. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to cheat. Ronan perks up. What is he thinking, little brother, isn't he? Yeah. He is. He's, he knows what to do. He can handle bureaucracy at this level. That's his... He sounds like someone you want to avoid playing poker with. <laughs> this is rather a dramatic... Yeah, he's, he's in the shadow, the flame flickering. <laughs> you shouldn't have bothered. There's nothing I can do for you. Well, maybe I'm just feeling generous tonight. Speak plainly. You're backing the wrong horse. We know you're connected with the Janai. Now this is interesting. Yeah. He is conning this guy left, right and center, relying on his greed and his self-interest. Yeah. Woolsey, at the end of the day, is a politician, even yeah. though he operated behind the scenes as a, you know, as a 
high-ranking civil servant, but he knows how to work the system, and as he says, he knows what the game is now. It should be an American remake of Yes Minister or something. As the head of the civil service. We've been content to keep to ourselves up until now. But if it's a choice between getting pushed out of the game and taking a more active part, well, that's no choice at all. He almost looks trustworthy, doesn't he? Almost. <laughs> no, he doesn't, but Woolsey does. So we'll need someone on the inside to help push our agenda. I like the design on the podium they're standing on as well. It could easily just have been a piece of grayed granite or something, but, you know, the actual inlaid pattern. There's no reason to do it apart from that it looks nice. And chances are it may have just been something sitting around the, the set. Yeah, it could have been. Walls is closing the gap, putting pressure on. That leaves you. Wait for it. Somebody's going to make an entrance. Who could it be? Nobody expects the spa- Oh, bugger. <laughs> Looking up Demas, the guy in the center on the council, he's starting to really look familiar. Going back on IMDb through his actor credits, his first role was a biology teacher in War Games with Matthew Broderick. Oh. Wow, he's going back a bit. His first role is a feature film. Yeah. That's not bad at all. I mean, not a big role in it. He was only in there for like somewhere in the first half hour or so of the movie, I think. Todd. They are very well informed, which does tell you that. And it means the Janai are way more informed than they should be. This Wraith was imprisoned with Colonel Shepard by the Janai. The Wraith was allowed to feed on him. But despite this, Colonel Shepard realized that their best chance of escape was to work together. I wonder if that statement was actually aimed at Killor as well. You know, Jinai, who are, who are your friends, actually use Wraith. Right. I'd say probably. A good episode this was. Good throw. Yep. <laughs> he got a lot of power into that knife. Considering his relative age. Oh. Looking pretty old. Nom, 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 nom. He drained him. <laughs> okay, pudding time. <laughs> Who would have thought where this episode would have led, though? You'd like to think that introducing this character, yeah. Todd, they had ideas how they could plan it out. Or like a number of the characters, it was just the case that the audience responded to them. I mean, look at Arrow, you know, Felicity. Yeah. I respond very well to her. They couldn't write her out. You trust him? Of course not. But he has proven to be useful at times. He helped us hold off the replicator fleet long enough for Dr. McKay to enact a plan to destroy them. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Boom. Probably the most expensive CGI sequence they've ever done. Intelligent interior suction. Transferring power from non-critical systems to whole regeneration. Orange oh. space battle. Yeah. I like him. He does tend to pop up all over the place. Our shields can't take much more of this, sir. Hopefully they won't have to. I get ready to transfer our power from the beam weapons to the... Do it, sister. Hello. Slurp, 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 slurp. And this is worth it for... What the hell? Son of a bitch. Wow. He actually did it. <laughs> After his big row with McKay. Yeah. The son of the bitch actually did it. <laughs> We need to get out of here. Right, let's go, come on! And of course, while this is going on, Todd sent some of his men down for a ZPM. He was thinking big picture. 
much as I'd love to, we shouldn't stick around and watch this go down. We should tell the fleet to jump to the rendezvous point immediately. The planet's become unstable. Yay, Carter! <laughs> I mean, Atlantis was easily to send down two or three teams on a Hail Mary to get hold of some ZPMs as well. And there they go. Planet's cracking open. It's not always cracked up to me. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> and a Star Wars Special Edition explosion. Yeah. We would never have defeated the replicators without his help. I think it's safe to say they would have continued their policy of attacking human worlds, and by now, everyone in this galaxy would be dead. Dun, dun, dun. Yep, big picture, you know. Very well. As that was the final charge, we will recess to deliberate. I'd like to make one final statement, if I may. Speaking as a fellow mostly bald man. <laughs> Very well. The Wraith are in disarray, but that won't last forever. And they're going to be pissed. Yeah. Seriously. And hungry. Yep. And when that happens, they will turn their attention to this coalition with a ruthless vengeance, the likes of which you've never seen. Yeah, exactly, because this coalition have raised their head above the wall. Yep. The Wraith will know about them. There's enough Wraith worshippers around that probably, you know, embedded in them as well. And by all means vote is guilty. I need no deliberation. I say we get this over with now. Of course you do. You're prejudiced and emotional. And this is yeah. incredibly sexist. I vote guilty on all charges. I vote not guilty on all charges. I'm going to abstain. It falls to you, Kalor. Yours is the deciding vote. Oh, come on. What's he going to say? It really looks like uh... Jonas Quinn. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? Be a stunt double. Will our heroes be saved to return next week? And cut. Who can this be? Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition! Oh, just Wolsey. Yeah, what's the word? Not guilty. Oh, thank God. We're free to go. I never doubted you for a second. So if they burst in and just shoot, he's dead guilty. <laughs> Come on, Wolsey, you're allowed more smoke expression than this. <laughs> I didn't doubt you for a second. I doubted you for considerably longer than a second. <laughs> Who's the daddy? I'm the daddy. Being back in the courtroom made me miss my old uniform. You're kidding. Not the job, just the uniform. Oh, that's pretty nice out of the whole city. And this, they had no qualms about homage to Boston Legal with William Shatner. And was he in it? What's his name? That's not a lot of fabric, is it? <laughs> Were either of those guys in Boston, Lee? William Shatner and the original Daniel Jackson. Oh, James Spader. Yes, James Spader. They are actually Havana cigars, which are perfectly legal in Canada. Pick them up the last time I was there. The scotch is Lipton's tea. <laughs> it's perfect colouring. On top of that, I had to commit Atlantis to a much larger day-to-day -day participation in the politics of the Pegasus galaxy. And wait to explain that in my report. Well, what's the point of being out here if we're not going to try to make a difference, right? Let's hope the IOA agrees with you. Let's worry about that later for now. Congratulations. Thanks. Yes, Woolsey, come on. Just <laughs> something this out of his mouth. Was it this episode or was it an earlier episode where Woolsey mentioned that that's relaxing for him? Put on a suit. When he wants to slip into something comfortable, he puts suit on. Okay, because I'm remembering that right. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder just how many Wraith Worshippers there are throughout the galaxy. Or, you know, do they have a couple on every planet, or... 
Well, it's an interesting idea. You know I've been reading the Legacy series. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to read it now with the way you've been talking about it. They were talking about they have shipyards that are actually operated by human wraith worshippers. Okay, then. That was Inquisition. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition! And I'll admit, I enjoyed that more talking with it with you, Pierre, than I did actually watching it. <laughs> I can see that. To be fair, I didn't watch the episode. I watched the commentary. Considering it was a bottle show, I thought, pretty sure I don't need to rewatch this to be able to talk about it. I never watched these before getting on online with you guys. Yeah. Maybe hey, the I, first time I seen this episode. Oh, right. Huh. Yeah, because not watching the episode is more of my thing. <laughs> Quite true. We've got to have at least one person on the podcast that's uh, watched the episode. <laughs> or at least a good remembrance of it. As I've been listening to the most recent episodes, I think... When season five of Atlantis came out was while I was in grad school, and yeah. I just didn't have the time to watch TV, so I don't think I've seen much of any of the season, because none of these episodes have been sounding very familiar at all. It would be really nice to have a show that you really enjoy watching and find an episode you haven't seen before. Yeah. Years later, you know, sit down and think, I haven't seen this before. I imagine, you know, with Star Trek, you know, the BBC didn't show a couple of episodes for various reasons, none of which make much sense 20, 30 years later. There are some TV stations in the South and the United States that refuse to show a couple of the episodes, too. Yes, well. Okay, then, let's get a little bit of trivia for this episode. The clip they were taken from Rising, Underground, The Hive, Michael, Allies, No Man's Land, Progeny, Common Ground, Lifeline, Be All My Sins Remembered, Spores of War and Search and Rescue. And I really couldn't be bothered to actually point them out as the episode went along. That's too much like hard work. <laughs> Writers who were credited... Carl Binder, Rob C. Cooper, Ken Cooperus, Peter DeLuise, Martin Garrow, Alan McCullough, and Brad Wright. Brenton Spencer, this episode's director, he directed three episodes of Stargate Atlantis. He also directed episodes of Sanctuary, Earth Final Conflict, Poltergeist Legacy, and First Wave. He was also director of photography for 28 episodes of Atlantis. Alex Levine, the writer, a single episode of SG-1 and a single episode of Atlantis. He's also written for Flashpoint, Orphan Black, and King. He was the script coordinator for 40 episodes of SG-1 and 60 episodes of Atlantis. So while there wasn't much directing and writing credit, both individuals were very involved in behind-the-scenes work. Occasionally you see that being able to direct is a reward for somebody who spends a lot of time on a show. Indeed. You may notice the latest episode of Arrow was directed by uh, James Bamford. I, don't, I didn't because I've not yet. You will. <laughs> Don't worry. Sitting on the Naz is just waiting for me to be Wookiee and then stop being Wookiee. Directing does seem to be something that a lot of people are trying to get into. The is acting it, or whatever it, seems to be just a way to get to the director's chair. If you're a woman, being over 40 and a bit overweight doesn't prevent you from directing. But that is another discussion for another podcast. Right. Probably be uh, never really solved. No. Okay then, that was Inquisition. Next week, we are going to be watching The Prodigal. On the next Stargate Atlantis, Michael gains control of Atlantis to wreak revenge. You're going to destroy Atlantis. The blood is on your hands! And the team has only minutes to get it back. You get a shot at him, take it. This is a suicide mission. You, your baby, and everyone else will die. Mark. Stargate Atlantis with all new episodes. Watch in real time, Fridays at 9, 8 central on Sci-Fi. Which has already been recorded. Woohoo! It's always nice to know. <laughs>
<laughs> we can schedule the episode after that, which we have done actually. That will be with Ian. Yeah. So we better schedule the episode after that, which will be with Andrew. <laughs> it never ends. <laughs> We've had this discussion. Yes, of course. If you want to visit the Gatecast website, we've got the schedule up for Stargate Universe. And all of the episodes from Season 1 and Season 2 have already been selected, but there are still plenty left if you want to join us. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. We have some convention news this week. Cythercon takes place April the 8th to the 10th at Lake Charles in Louisiana. Tony Amendola and Aaron Douglas will be attending... MCON will be in Nottingham on April the 30th and May the 1st. Guests including David Nichol, Tori Higginson, Paul McGillian, Rainbow Sun Franks and Aaron Douglas. Stargate Enchantment, the cruise ship based convention, leaves Miami on the 9th of October. Guests from Stargate include Gary Jones, Paul McGillian, Dean Marshall, David DeLuise, Rainbow Sun Franks, Andy Frizzle, Mike Welsh and Cliff Simon. As always, keep your eyes on the websites for these conventions. Guests and daily schedules can change at short notice. There will be links in the show notes. On a more personal note, we thank all our regular listeners and those that may be new to the show or returning for a four-figure bump in our average monthly downloads. It was unexpected and pretty sure that one extra day in February wasn't the cause. If you want to get in touch with us for any reason, then you can do so via the contact form on our website, which is gatecast.co.uk, or via email using gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and Google+, and we are carried on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio. You'll find all the links on the website, which includes the independent RSS feed, which carries every episode we've released so far. That file can be copied and manually added to a podcatcher. iTunes encourages a limited RSS feed, so that will only contain our last 25 episodes. So the manual RSS makes up for that by having everything. Right then, let's return and wrap up. Okay then, uh, Jeff, thank you very much for joining us this Saturday lunchtime for you. No problem. Yeah, always a pleasure. You will be back for, well, Stargate Universe. Yeah, I think pilot is what we were talking about. Yes, three-part. Woohoo! <laughs> What's that? We can record that in under about two hours, no problem. Yeah, no trouble. <laughs> Press play and sit back and just go for it. Yeah, when I said the pilot, I was like, well, someone's probably already asked for it, but I'll ask for it. And then you said three parts. I'm like, really? I don't remember it being three parts. Wow, okay. I have the Blu-ray here. Yes, Blu-ray for season one, but not for season two. Bless them. No Blu-ray for season two. Okay then, folks. Thank you very much for joining us for Inquisition. Join us next week for The Prodigal. Till then, I've been Mike. I've been Alan. I've been Jeff. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk Stargate forever. Hey.